And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. Today's Wednesday, March 23rd. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? doing well the nfl doesn't stop and neither do we and here we are we got another move to talk about just to lead the show with so shield was going to come on today and we had an idea that i was excited about i was like oh man we're going to take a step back and you know, talk about some of these teams and their plans and, and what we can learn from them moving forward and, and then of course there's another huge just bomb drop of news this afternoon so we're going to do that later in the week and you and i are going to talk about the latest just blockbuster trade in the NFL, what the ripple effects of that deal are. And then I also want to sit back and kind of ask, why is this happening? Like, why has the last two weeks felt the way that it's felt? And I asked some people and I have some theories about it, but we can dig into that. Let's start with the news of the day. I mean, it's just every single day, it's something wild where it's 11 a.m., you're settling into the day and everyone in succession, Rappaport, Schefter, Pelissero, everybody, it's like, Tyreek Hill is going to get traded. And yeah. it, three hours after it happens, maybe less than three hours after it happens, it goes from some sort of theory with the teams that are finalists to this is done. The Dolphins have traded for Tyreek Hill. They traded five picks for an all-pro receiver on one of the most visible teams in the NFL that's a perennial contender. And now we're left to sort through the mess here. Yeah. So you, you look at the compensation, 2022 first, number 29, 2022 second, number 50 a fourth rounder, a fourth rounder in 2023, and a sixth rounder in 2023. Five picks for Tyreek Hill, who as part of this deal gets a three-year, $73 million deal practically. All of it will be guaranteed by the start of the league year next year, surpasses the three years and 67 and a half practical money that Devontae Adams just gets. So Devontae Adams for one week was the highest paid receiver in the league, and now Tyreek Hill is. So that's just another thing we've had to sort through today. I, I, like you know how quarterbacks when they like it always seems at the same time everyone re-ups and gets their extensions and oh it was, like, it, was oh. it happened weekly a couple off seasons ago yeah it was like Derek Carr was with for like four days and then Stafford beat him like right away like and then Matt Ryan like, was in that Matt conversation Ryan. all of those yeah. guys in succession a couple of years ago <laughs> that's what's happening with the receivers uh, it's it's crazy it, it's it's not like these guys are 31 32 like Julio last year you know going okay beat up Julio okay he's on a new stage of his career these guys are in their primes Freaking all pro last year. Like, you know, these they're both under 30. Devontae Adams. You can make an argument that they're the two best receivers in the league. I mean, impact faces. The two most yes. valuable, impactful yeah. receivers in the league got traded in the span of a week from teams that are not retooling. Nope. From teams that we think are true contenders. And we'll get into all of that context here in a second. First question I want to ask you. Why do you think the Chiefs would do this? There are actual answers, right? Mm-hmm. But in your mind, what do you think prompted this from Kansas City side? Yeah, I think it's a reload. And that's how I've been looking at it is they are they looked at the landscape. They have the hardest thing. 
that you can find, which is the franchise QB. They rebuilt their offensive line. They and it's a young offensive line. It's not like okay, you know. But it's about to get a little expensive, and we can talk about that. Yes, and we can. But that's where they're putting their resources in. Okay, our quarterback. I think what they are thinking is Patrick Mahomes is going to give a boost to whoever's playing at those positions. Yeah. Do we need to pay more than $20 million for one guy when we're always going to be tight against the cap every year, year in, year out, for at least you know next four, five, six years with Mahomes and his deal? So I think that's what they're looking at. They said, we'd rather have several B, B-plus guys at a third of the price point or on a rookie deal than paying one guy more money than the top pass rushers are getting. You know, So it's this, the Juju signing as well. I, I think there might be a philosophical change in how they do things. Like they might just say, hey, we don't need the how defenses play the Chiefs. I mean, even if you look at the average depth of target for Tyreek, I think it went down like three yards in this past year in 2021. And it's been well documented how defenses played them differently. And I think what they maybe just talking to X's and O's perspective, they go, okay, we got our speed guy, Nicole Hardman. Now we need guys that are more of those short intermediate guys that we made Tyreek has become that kind of more shorter immediate yak guy as opposed to just the bombs away guy. So I think that's what they're kind of a philosophical change as far as X's and O's, but also with looking at the roster construction. They said, we are, our resources are an offensive line and the quarterback, and then we're going to figure everything out with our draft picks and then tool like bangles the defense, you know, do what they want to do with those other spots. I think that's that's their philosophy on that. They created $20 million of cap space, and this is a loaded receiver draft. So I, I can see why they did it. I think they say we can get a guy in the first two rounds this year or maybe the first two rounds next year, and we can just rebuild it and have two cheap guys as opposed to an expensive Tyreek Hill, and hopefully one of those guys hits. So when I was saying the Chiefs offensive line is about to get expensive, next year, Tooney has a $22 million cap hit. If they extend Orlando Brown, which you assume they would, mm-hmm. and they got two guys potentially making $40 million combined, wow. even with those other rookies on their rookie deals with Trey Smith, with Creed Humphrey, those guys are cheap. It's still going to be a, at least middle of the pack offensive line. They're 18th in offensive line spending this year right now against the cap, and that's with Tooney making $8 million and those guys on rookie deals. Wow. So when those numbers jump next year, just, again, more things you have to consider. So based on multiple reports, and I want to get into the X's and O's on-field yeah. stuff in a second, but let's talk, about kind of the, <laughs> let's talk about the financial aspect of this, right? Multiple reports from multiple people have said that the Adams deal kind of changed the climate for whatever the conversation between Hill and the Chiefs was, which makes total sense. Mm -hmm. As soon as you have somebody like Devontae Adams reset the market, just beating out kind of that Julio number and what it was, you know, what it was reported that he was breaking the Hopkins number. But if you look at the actual practicalities of it, it's like twenty two and a half million, which is still the biggest wide receiver Mm -hmm. contract in the league. So if you're Tyreek Hill and you're 28 years old and it's time to have a contract discussion, you would want the same number. I mean, it makes total yes. sense. It's not like Christian Kirk getting 18 million. It's a guy who's a perennial all pro wanting to be younger. paid at the top. Yeah, he's 28 yep. at the top of the market at his position. Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. The butterfly effect of all this shit is incredible. Oh Barnwell said this today, and it's I think it's exactly right. If the Texans don't deal DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals don't give him that new money extension for 27 and a half, there's a chance that Devontae is still on the Packers. And if Devontae stays on the Packers, there's a chance that the Chiefs just keep Tyreek Hill because his value gets depressed just enough for them to talk themselves into keeping him, which is just crazy. But you can absolutely talk yourself into that series of events. Bill O'Brien, man. Bill O'Brien just nuking the league. Trent Balke and Bill O'Brien are the the causes of a, a wonky receiver market now. I know it's... 
it's 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 just bizarre. It's bizarre. We knew there's gonna be so much QB movement, and then, you know the Amari Cooper stuff that happens. Okay, that 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 seemed like some receiver movement that maybe you could expect it. But we're I think you hit it right at the beginning where you, it's the Packers and the Chiefs. They just they Mahomes is under a deal for forever. They just re-upped with Aaron Rodgers. We thought it was gonna be the last dance. We thought these teams were all in, and they both just went. Eh, we're gonna retool it. We're gonna retool our biggest strength. But now uh, with the money stuff, it's. It's just very, very interesting how these teams are looking at it. Like I, I, we have, okay, sidebar. This is why my hesitation saying receiver is a premium position because the effectiveness is tied to so many other things. O-line blocking, quarterback throwing the ball, play caller. I think how these guys are looking at how these teams are looking at it goes, we can find another guy. And is that worth $12 million in saving money? We'll find out. But it's just, it's super interesting. Just the uh, philosophical differences of these teams. So you look at it, they, they saved $20 million against the cap this year. And I think that's important because when it I is. was looking at this team, like last week, and I was thinking about their offseason, there wasn't, weren't many places for them to go. They didn't have a lot of resources, and they had holes. There's still a huge hole at edge rusher. There's still a hole at corner. They have no depth on the interior of the offensive line. They have very little depth in the secondary. They're going to say goodbye to Tyron Matthew. There are so many things you have to consider about how this could be a complete team with the limited wiggle room that they have. Mahomes is a $35 million cap hit this year. We're here. We've mm-hmm. arrived. Next year, it's 46.8. And there's some flexibility in, because of the way they've structured this, all the roster bonuses. They should be able to create some space moving forward. But this team is getting expensive. We just said Tooney's on the books for $22 million next year. Orlando Brown's extension, which is pretty much a necessity after dealing for him last year. Maybe that comes in near the top of the left tackle market. Uh-huh. Even if it's not at the top top, is it $20 million for a guy his age at that uh-huh. position with some leverage? Let's say it's 18 Whatever. Okay. You're still paying $40 million potentially for those two guys combined. Even if they move on from Frank Clark and Chris Jones next year or one of them, yeah. they still are paying a lot of money to a small group of guys. And there's a chance that they said – we want to go in a different direction. We want to be able to spread out these resources yeah. to kind of figure out what the next stage of this is for us. Yeah. And I think, how would you compare this to the Packers situation? Because I do think that there's a lot of similarities, but I think there are some important differences too. Oof, yeah, because Packers have a really well-balanced roster. Like looking from, I think from top to bottom, one of the better rosters in the league, even without Devontae. I mean, the receiver room, it's going to get an upgrade. Don't worry, people. But I think I think what the Packers want, it actually kind of made more sense because they're like, we need this money to pay all these good players we have. The Chiefs one is like, okay, how it looked to me was just like, ah, they're saving that money to find the spots. They're filling up the holes. Packers are more like, we want to reward our guys. Like, if, if that makes sense. It's kind of like they're, they're maybe a step behind the Chiefs or we're going like, oh shit, we we really dug ourselves in a ditch a little bit right here with, with how much how much money we're spending to the, only a couple of guys. I think on the Packers side is that, no, we have this money. Let's spread it out. Let's find a little more role player types because we have these good players all around across the board. That's how I look at it. I don't know. That might be might be kind of nothing. <laughs> I, I think that makes sense. And they are handing out, I mean, they've rewarded some of those guys, right? Now, Rasul yeah, Douglas well. is back because yeah. of the money that they freed up. Devondre Campbell is back. Yep. They were able to retain some of that court. The key distinction for me is that it seemed like, by what they leaked out there and what the agents for Devontae Adams said, that the Packers were willing to match the money on Devontae Adams. Yeah. Because I think the Packers are more incentivized to stretch themselves financially and just say, we know that we're blowing this thing up in some way in two to three years. We've yeah. committed to that because Rodgers is 38 years old. Yeah. So they were willing to match it financially based on everything that we've heard, which I think based on their timeline, the age of their quarterback, and what their window looks like, 
that makes sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the Chiefs are willing to go to that place because they have a 26-year-old superstar quarterback. Yeah, They can't be thinking in those two, three-year window terms because they have an obligation to kind of be competitive every single year that yes. they have Mahomes. So when you look at them spreading everything out, this allows them to retool the roster on the fly. And I think that's the key distinction yep. for me between the two situations, even if in the end, it looks almost identical, right? Yep. You have two draft picks that you get back, two high-end ones. You have the cap space that's freed up. And now your draft plan this year may be dictated by the need that you've just created for yourself at wide receiver. Yeah, Packers feels... I don't want to say an all-in, but close to it because they just get rid of the receiver, though. But it kind of feels like that. I think that's that's so so good. Is that the Packers with they know where the end game is with Rodgers? It's retirement. Mahomes. And I think go, they were willing to go see out that end game. I think yes. they were willing to see that through with the Adams money, and it just didn't work out that way. And I think the I think right now what the Chiefs are doing, they're going like, let's keep as many paths open as we can. Let's not lock into this and ruin a couple of years because we did it this way and we have a 32nd ranked defense or we have, you know, other patches that we can't figure out because we have no means to do it, no assets to do it, no resources to do it. So I think that's kind of what it is. The Chiefs feels more like a reload, a revamp, you know, a, yeah. a band, maybe with a new album, changing, you know, changing a couple things, maybe a new producer. You know, they got what's his face, the the guy from Def Jam back there, uh, <laughs> the guy uh, that did the Beastie Boys album. But it's like all that stuff is that's what it feels like to that. And the Packers one's like, no, we already know what we are. OK, uh, all right. We'll gather every chip we can and let's let's shove that right thing, that thing right into the middle. All right. So are there receivers at 29 and 30, which the Chiefs have 29 and 30 now that you think fit not only what the Chiefs have been, but where they might be going, because though that distinction to me is fascinating. It what is. they were with Tyreek Hill and now what they will be in a post-Tyreek Hill world, where is the gap between those two things? And the receivers that they choose in this moment, what sort of clues will we be able to take from that? If they go sign MVS, for example, right, who's taking a visit there today, you can that's they're still trying to do something similar. They're like, we need that speed element to the guys that we're going to go get. If they draft Jamison Williams from Alabama in the first round, even with yeah. the ACL, that gives you another indication. But if they have Juju now in the slot and they go a different direction with that guy, what does that say about what we can expect from their offense? Similar to the breadcrumbs that they laid down last offseason when yeah. they got all these gap scheme offensive linemen, yep. what sort of breadcrumbs are we going to be able to pick up by what sort of receivers they now chase? Because it seems like they're going to have to go get at least one here yes. in the next month and a half or so. What's good for them is they're right in that range where all these receivers are kind of stacked. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's last year's receiver class. I keep saying how loaded the class is. It's in that those day two we guys, those late first kind of picks 25 through 60, eh, maybe longer than that, 25 through 70, like 75. There, there's a lot of guys in that kind of range at the receiver position. So it makes sense. And I I, I love the breadcrumbs things because it's, it's telling the juju thing. They're going to get Juju tacked like a tight end because Travis Kelsey is their ex receiver. Like, it's kind of funny how they <laughs> inverse their roles a little bit. And if they get MVS, MVS is a speed guy, but he's, he's, he's bigger than I think people realize. And he's also a better blocker than people realize. You had so, to be in that in Green Bay. Like, if you, you weren't, you, you weren't you going to play. To, you have to be 205 and willing to fit up on duo if you want to, if, unless you're Devontae Adams. And I think my, a part of me is that, that philosophical change is I think maybe less RPOs maybe more traditional run pass splits. And now they, instead of those receivers just running out routes and hitch routes and stick routes 
over and over and over. No, you have to fit up on a safety. You have to fit up on a on a slot, fit up on a linebacker. So now maybe that's maybe that's the inkling that they're showing. They went to 12 personnel more last year, some some necessities, some just what they were going through last year. Maybe they're saying we need more of those bigger bodies on the outside. We need a traditional Z and X as opposed to a speeder speed guy. Having said that, having said that, what's so fun about having a guy like Patrick Mahomes is I want to see every receiver possible with him because I just yeah. want to see I just this is a bet on him. Yes. Right. I mean, with the Packers, it, yep. again, it feels like they were willing to do what they needed to do financially to keep Devontae because that was the best case scenario. And they know what their window is. This is a bet on Patrick Mahomes. Yes. This is saying that we think we can, if we take multiple dice rolls at the position on rookie contract guys, yep. whatever we're going to get for $2 million and the gap between that and Tyreek Hill at 20, Mahomes will be able to make up for that and we'll be able to yep. spread that money around. They're betting on the 30% booster. It's like, it's like what the Rams do. It's not really because I think the Chiefs will draft a guy, but what the Rams do with Aaron Donald. Just, hey, let's rotate yeah. the pass rusher with them. Yeah. <laughs> just get a guy on the cheap. We don't have to, you know, splurge. I think they will splurge. But at the end of this, at the end of this first round, or even at pick 50, I mean, I, I there's a ton of guys. I don't think Olave, I don't think will be there. I would love him so much with just about anybody. Jameson Williams, like you brought up, he has an ACL, but he is a legit speed guy. I, I talked about on the show before, compared him to Sean Jackson because he has more football player to him than I originally gave him credit for. He's not just a true speed guy. He can run routes. He can tempo his stuff. He can throttle his shit. He's a good, fun player. Draft Jahan, him at 30 and give MVS a one-year, $10 million dollar deal. Yep, and redshirt him. Yep, uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. I would freaking love. Uh, he might go at the end of the first, early second. That's right in his range. A guy more in those early, second, mid-second is Khalil Shakira, Boise State. I would freaking love this guy in Kansas City. He you just name all the receivers. You'd love all oh, the receivers. I, 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 there's so many guys I want to see with. I wish with you could see Nate's face right now. He's just I'm overwhelmed in like, all of the possibilities. I know. It's like a I just see my story. list. <laughs> I just see my list. Shakira would be amazing. He's got return ability. He's an inside and out guy. Great route runner. Oh man! But all these guys. That's like you said. It's a bet on Mahomes. They're saying he's going to add that 30 percent boost to whoever whoever the hell we put in there. Who's and the guess new what? Byron Pringle. When you're paying your guy $40 million a year, that's what you need. Yep. That's the exact calculus that you have to make is that, all right, we know we can't pay everyone. We yep. can't get all of these expensive guys at all of these positions anymore when we have a quarterback on a veteran contract. Yep. But that guy is worth the veteran contract because he lifts everyone else around him. Mahomes, yep. at whatever price they're paying him, he's worth 50% more than that yes. in a vacuum, like 100%. Yep. But you have to make concessions and you have to compromise in certain areas when you start paying your guy like this. Yep. And we're seeing that in practice, plain as day in this situation. Yep. You're, you're, the, the surplus that you get out of Mahomes, I guess, is, is a way to look at it. The surplus is what you're making up elsewhere. Say he's worth $20 million more than what he is. Okay. You better make it $20 million worth of receivers. You know, basically. That's exactly what this is, by the way. It's that's $22 it, million dollars to a receiver contract, yep. to a rookie contract. It's a $20 million gap. That's what it is. It's like, hey, you're making that up and you better do it. That's what they're, that's what they're betting on. And I like the bet. I do. To, if I, I it just makes wanna, total sense. I want to give a one-liner. I like what the Chiefs did. I, I really do. I, I, I like the reloading. I, I like this. I like not just going, no, we can't change anything. I, they're trying to find a way to get better elsewhere as well as like, I liked it. They revamped the whole team. They reloaded and they have Mahomes still and they have the line to still have Andy Reid. You, you know, got to do this every once in a while. You, you have do. you have to evolve. You have to be different yes. iterations of your team yes. over the lifespan of a quarterback's career. It's inevitable. Yeah. You're going to hit this moment and you have to make sure that you're extracting value when you hit those moments. The Patriots did such a good job of it. 
And this, I think this is just the first iteration of it and the first example of it with the Chiefs. I want to talk about this move and kind of the shadow of everything else that's happened this offseason. I want to say, I want to ask you this though. Do you think that the transition that the Chiefs offense had taken and that the way that teams started to play against them, do you think that Tyreek Hill was less valuable in whatever the current situation and makeup of their offense against NFL defenses is than he might have been two or three years ago? Do you think that that the the reaction from opposing defenses makes him more expendable? I, I do. I I do. I I looking at it last year when I saw how the defenses were playing the Chiefs, I was like, just take the freaking top off, just bombs away, baby. Just take the top off. Take the, put Tyreek on a on a go ball. Put Tyreek on a post. But defense is actually playing for that, and it's not that Tyreek is you know lesser player or anything like that. But now they're they're onto their shit. You can't keep running all those deep sail routes, those deep over routes. We're gonna cut it. We're gonna, like they just. They took away their ace in the hole, which was all those over routes. Like they just one after another. That's what teams, that's what they were running on teams for years and years. And I think how they looked at it was we can scrounge up. It's the money ball thing. How are we going to make, how are we going to find all these runs that they generated? Okay. We'll just have Nicole Hardman run that, those go routes and those post routes. You and can have a space creator. You can find that. Yes. And they already have one on the roster that runs a four, three, eight. <laughs> you know, I think that's how they're looking at it. They're like, we can figure that out. We've talked about how speed guys can kind of just be a role player. Tyreek Hill is not a role player. Don't get me wrong. He, he's fantastic. He's so much more than a speed yes. guy. Yes. But just, I think they, I'm not they saying they he's not valuable the, anymore, but is his value muted based on some of the reactions that teams have had against just them? a hair because they took away that, that crazy deep ball stuff that we saw originally in the first year of Mahomes starting and the second year of Mahomes starting. I think defense has got smarter about it. They, they're trying, they basically Randy Mossed it, like how <laughs> defense is trying to do to Randy Moss, but Tyreek is still good, very good underneath and on yak stuff. So, I mean, that's, Which we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to in a sec. Yes. But yes, I do think maybe about 5%, 10%. Yes. That they nerfed him. A and that five and 10% matters when you're making decisions like yes. this. So I will say, even if based on the way the chessboard looks, how they can get value out of it, the things they needed to do to kind of maintain their team and rebuild on the fly. I understand all that. They're still worse in 2022. And when you look at other teams around the AFC, that could be a problem. Even in their division, look at Mm -hmm. what teams are doing. I think it's telling that the Raiders brought in their version of this trade and the Chiefs sent theirs away. Even if those two moves independently are beneficial to those teams or understandable for those teams, the Raiders got a lot better over the last two weeks. The Broncos got a shitload better yes. over the last couple weeks. The Chargers continue to get better. The Bills are going on signing Von Miller and bringing everybody back. I mean, teams are loading up. So in the grand scheme, in the long term, makes perfect sense. But in the short term, they're going to need to compete with some teams that are doing the opposite in terms of mindset right now. We, we just said the Rodgers and the Packers, they're on like their own three, four year plan. This is the Chiefs are on their own version, but but they had to take a step back before they could take that step forward. I think that's that's kind of how they went about it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about this move for the Dolphins. My first thought, thinking about this, holy shit, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to be on oh the same God. offense. Oh my God, it's so fast. It's that was everyone's comparison for Waddle coming out. Yes. Like, oh, this yes. is our new, this is the this is the Zoomer, you know, Tyreek Hill. Like it's yeah, that I mean, yak yak yak. That's that's what they're going for. It, it's. I'm very curious what you you want you're going to say about it, but it's it's super interesting what what they're doing here, and I think they're just cranking everything up to eleven of what they had. So the, I think the natural reaction is to kind of filter this through what we understand from the Niners' offense over the last couple of years, and when you think about it in those terms, it, it's immensely fun because yeah. you just think about all the moving pieces, right? How when where you can align guys. Think about all of the crazy orb motion we're going to see from those two guys. How much communication they're going to require and force on opposing defenses. I mean, that part of it is undeniably exciting. And then you combine that with some of the other moves that they've made. I mean, Gesicki, even if he's kind of a wide receiver, he still runs a 4-5. I mean, the guy's got a ton of juice to him. Yep. Raheem Mostert, we've seen what that guy's like coming out of the shoot. Chase Edmonds has some pop to him. <laughs> They have a lot of guys now on that offense. When you get them the ball in any sort of situation, they can do damage against you. It, it felt like a, a speed version of what the 49 the Swiss Army knife offense that the, the 49ers have done the last couple of years with Debo and IU. There's this kind of a power version, right? And the, yeah. the, the, the and Dolphins this is kind of a speed version. This is the sleek version. That's the Terminator 1, you know, T100, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and then this one is Terminator 2, T1000, the sleek shape-shifting version but this is i mean it's a souped up speedy version that's what they're going for uh, it's 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 insane it's like a lot of these kind of what i used to think of as luxury guys but they're not anymore because of how the league is now and what you can run on offense and it's like it's cool and i mean even signing alec ingold go badgers but like even signing him he's a versatile guy they yeah. uh, gruden would have him run sail routes from the fullback spot like they he can run those routes so now they're getting their own version of juice check they're getting like, you know, the, and they're getting their own tool speed guys on the outside. Kasiki is not <laughs> Kittle, especially in a run game or anything like that. But he's still a versatile guy that you can move around the formation. That's what he brings to the table, even if he is a glorified receiver. But it's interesting. But in this it's type of really offense, I think that those blurred lines are fine. They, they embrace it. those blurred Lean lines. Lean into it. Yep. Yep. And yep. Just, just crank it up. And now Teron Armstead is in the fold here. Yeah. I mean, for five years, $75 million, $44 million guaranteed. That's an injury wow. thing to me. Yeah. Right. I mean that, but it didn't stop the Jags from giving sure from market setting deal. Yeah. So him coming in at 15 million, when you have guys at the top of the market making 23 and even beyond the top of the market guys, he got the Donovan Smith money. Yeah. And for somebody with top three upside of the position, that is a win for the dolphins. Even if you're concerned about the injury stuff and my favorite part of the arms that is part of this, right? They bring in Connor Williams. So stopgap starter at mm -hmm. one of those guard spots. Now you have a potential top-tier left tackle. You also have a culture setter in your offensive line mm -hmm. room. I remember just talking to Mitch in the past about what it was like to get to Cleveland as a rookie. 
and having Joe Thomas there and what that is for you as a young Gross player. Pro. It, it, uh, the ultimate professional. And I've had conversations with Teron Armstead in the past. I've heard so many stories about Teron Armstead. Just unbelievably good presence, smart guy, really thinks about the game in a thought out kind of you know layered way. It just is, will be such a resource for the guys in that room. We talk about how you establish culture on an NFL team. That's how you do it. Yep. it would, and obviously, injuries may be the difference between those two guys. But look at what Andrew Whitworth was for the Rams when Sean yep. McVay got there. It, not just a presence at left tackle, but somebody who helped change the entire feeling and climate of that organization, the way that people talked to each other, the way that it felt in that building. That's what a guy like Teron Armstead can give you beyond him being one of the best left tackles in football when he's healthy. Yeah, you know what? It's a line we throw away too much, but it's a winning culture. He Armstead comes from a winning franchise. He yes. knows what the day to day is like, and, it's, and a, it was one of the reasons it was a winning yes. franchise. He's not just a, yeah, some role guy. That's that's sometimes when you sign these big market free agents that come from these shit teams or these kind of like they're like oh they're the empty box score stat guys, you know that pad their stats a little bit, not all the time, but that's the scary part. It's like okay, they get into a winning franchise. Can they handle it? Do they know what that pressure is like? Is do they have that disease of Oh no, I want mine. Oh, we're winning and I want to make sure it's all on me. It's like, but Armstead, it comes offensive line. Usually they have this mindset anyways, because <laughs> that's their job, but is having that mindset of going like, no, it's day in, day out. Hey, week 12. Hey, we're going, we're going. Hey, stay in for that extra half hour. Get in the ice tub. The the good players, the great players, they're, they're tweet, they're wired differently, just competitively, but also just being consistent. That's what being in the NFL is or being a professional athlete. It's just consistency. And yes, Armstead has some injury stuff, but it's more the day-to-day of leading, of taking notes, watching film. You can go and any, anyone can have one good day and go, oh, I took a four pages full of notes. But can you go in when you just lost three straight and it's a Wednesday and you know it's going to be a longer practice and it's like, there you are, listen at first and second down install. And nope, that's what a guy like Armstead does, these kind of like winning culture vets that go. But that's, that's what you're paying for too. And they didn't really have to pay a premium for it. So, I mean- like that's a win. That's a win all around. So you look at it and obviously, I mean, when I'm thinking about this offense, I'm thinking about horizontal stretch. I'm thinking about yak opportunities. And mm-hmm. it's that's not even an indictment of Tua. It's more about what we've seen from the Niners, right? I mean, that team created Built yards after catch opportunities better than any other team in the league yep. over the last five years since Shanahan got there. Consistently, if you look at like I mean, Debo was I think it's, top three it's, in the league and expected yak per reception. I think Brandon Ayuk was fourth. So, I mean, Slants, those guys crossers, are, glances. Like, they did such a good job of creating that space. And now they yep. have guys who can take advantage of those opportunities. Yep. You'd, you'd hope that they can push the ball down the field more effectively now with better pass protection. So everything opens up. Now you have that horizontal stretch because of the guys you have on the roster. And they can also give you that vertical stretch to create even more space for those yep. guys to operate. So that's the ideal world is that this allows a version of Tua to start to exist and they can attack defenses in a way they couldn't because of the athletic ability mm-hmm. and the explosiveness of their skill position players and the quality of their offensive linemen. Yeah. I I don't care about the two a part of this. Yeah, I was I was getting, I was waiting for this part of it. I, I don't it, see I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying two is out of excuses now. No, I think I it's don't, for life after Tua. I 100% agree. 
I think that the Teddy Bridgewater signing, you know, I don't think you give Teddy Bridgewater six million dollars if you're like, oh, we're all in on this guy. Let's build around him. That is not the message I take from this. I don't either. I think this a lot of these moves smell like life after Tua moves. I don't know. That's that's what it looks to me. And 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 just real quick, just X and O's way is that the they they sign Armstead, Connor Williams is whatever, and you know they still maybe need a little more help on the O line. What the Shanahan offense does, we talk about giving like training wheels to a quarterback. It helps out the offensive line so much too because it gets guys on the move. It yes. gets guys naked, play actions, help with tight ends, motion. Just it helps. It really boosts their floor a little bit. I think that's the understated thing about with McDaniel going there. It's like yes, they got Armstead. Okay, it's going to help out everybody else along with that. And I agree with you. I think this is even and it matches what Teddy does well. Anyways, Teddy's a great underneath thrower. He's a he can throw the shit out some slants. Like he is, that is what he operates quickly and he gets the ball out of his hands. That's what Teddy does well. Does this sound like a roster that would really benefit from that? <laughs> it really does. It that synergy makes a lot of sense. And I, I agree with you. It sounds like this a lot of these moves are kind of like, yeah, this is good for Tua, but it's like it's not bad for Teddy either. It's not bad for Teddy. It's also not bad for what could be there next year. Comes next. Yeah. I mean, so you look at what they had to give up to go get Tyreek Hill. It does not include either of their 2023 first round picks. Right. This is a team that if the opportunity presents itself next year, has the flexibility to go do something. Is it trading up in the draft to go get one of the quarterbacks who will be available? You have two first-round picks in what is supposed to be a pretty good quarterback draft. Mm -hmm. Even beyond that, this is why cap space is nice. It's not to sign free agents necessarily. It's to be able to go do something like this with the Hill thing, and they have a bunch of it next year. If they want to reset this entire franchise from what the vision was under Flores, they can move on from Byron Jones or Xavier Howard or both next offseason. So your big ticket players in that situation are really Armstead, Tyreek Hill, and a lot of flexibility otherwise. If they want to go, let's say Kyler, let's say that completely unravels in Arizona. Kind of seems who like knows. <laughs> Let's. Uh, this one's a little bit further off. Lamar Jackson does not have a contract next year. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? Oh, so much crazy shit happens every single year. What those two first round picks and some financial wiggle room does for you, it is allows you a pivot point. That's what yeah. it gives you. Yep. So now you have this team where you we feel pretty good. We got a left tackle. We got some really explosive pass catchers. And now what can we go do? If Tua isn't the guy to find the quarterback who can tie this whole thing together. This, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic or down on Tua. I, I don't believe he's the guy. I, I just don't. But also, this staff has no connection to him whatsoever. Yep. They have no obligation to keep following it down this road if they don't think that's in their best interest and they don't think they can upgrade elsewhere. And this just happens to be a team with the resources to potentially find that upgrade in a way that other franchises don't have next spring. Yeah, I mean, it's so, so crazy what this league is doing now and and what these guys, all this player movement stuff, because last year the Stafford trade came out of nowhere. And I know they don't have the assets to make a trade like that, but you don't know what guys are going to become available week in, week out now. It's it's a it's a whole new world to navigate. And I, I, I completely agree with you. It's having these assets like cap space and picks. It's just it's just bullets in the chamber. That's all it is. It's like, oh, we can spend it this way. Oh, we can shoot it that way. We can shoot it that way. That's all you're. That's all you're accumulating. It's giving you what you want to be able to do to go down whatever path you want to do. And that's kind of what the Chiefs did on the other side. Was going, hey, now we got twenty million dollars and a whole bunch of picks. You don't want to be that's backed into a corner. You don't want your, your roster to look a certain way 
because you've painted yourself into that situation. Like the Falcons the last couple of years under Dan yes. Quinn like, and, and Thomas Dimitrov. That's kind of what happened to them. They, they're they like, this is our roster and all we have is our picks. That's it to re-up, to re-up or regroup or go to the next level. I think their offense could be fine with Tua this year. I think that they have built a machine that he actually could run fairly well based on his skill set. But I just, he, we talk about this all the time. What is your superpower? He doesn't have one, in my opinion. Even if you think he could be pretty good running this offense, and, and they could be fine. Yeah. I mean, if this goes well with McDaniel, they have the infrastructure now to be a decent offense. But I just don't think he has that superpower. And I think at this time next year, it would be understandable for me if the Dolphins were looking for a guy who had one and they now have the means to go find one and potentially the sort of environment that would coax one their way. That's important now. You have it's We've seen this how many different times where the, the Broncos just did this. The Browns, in a way, just did this. Where you want it to be cozy where for that for that quarterback when he, if he comes available. And that could be a scenario where Miami's sitting there next spring being like, listen, we got a top three left tackle. Look at the receiving weapons that we have. Look at how fun our offense is. Look at what we were last year. Why wouldn't you want to come play in this? And now I think they've set themselves up for that pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be tasty. Well, that's what, what, uh, I, no, this is completely different. I mean, that's another one, actually. Matt Ryan got traded. Um, you know, like that's, that's like, you never know what guys could be available. But <laughs> it's when all these players now, because they, they, have more say in this when he like look at just like Russell probably did with the Broncos. That's exactly what he did. That looks pretty, pretty good. I got Which my- decent foresight from George Payton signing those guys to extensions, even if he didn't have the guy. Typically, right. I'd be like, I don't know about that, but I can understand that thought process mm-hmm. when you think some of these guys might be hovering around. Yeah, it kind of like seems there's like three speeds. It's like full on rebuild. Give yourself room to revamp is the other one, or you're fucking all in. Like it kind of seems like those are your those are the three lanes that these teams are trying to get into and merging monthly. It seems like going from one lane to the other. But yeah, I, I think they gave themselves rooms. This this next year's quarterback class. I mean, there's apparently C.J. Stroud from Ohio State who doesn't even come out till next year is already getting talked about. Like because he had a pro day today at Ohio State, which is hilarious to me. I know I, I it cracks me up to no end. Like this is the guy. It's like oh my god, we got to wait a whole another year before we got to see some more film on this guy, guys. I want to opt out of pro day coverage. It's amazing, dude. I want to opt out. Uh, I want no more runs left and flip it and throw it sixty yards the other way. I want no more of those. Like I I, I hate it. I hate it. Like ah, uh, it's it's not real. But but. If you're looking at next year's class, that's already one way to go about it. That's what having picks helps. Like you say, you're having juice, you're having value or, or assets to go whatever path, path you want. But then on top of it, yeah, now you got cap flexibility. You can do, go the other way if you want to get a vet. It's it's so interesting, man. It's like, it's crazy. They were saying that it might be a crazy offseason, but this is, they've, they upped it to a whole new level. I mean, it was, it was, it's ridiculous. I want to get into that. Before we do that, real quick, I want to explore the unrealized timeline of Tyreek Hill going to the Jets. Because that was the other team that mm-hmm. had an offer that the Chiefs had apparently accepted. Tyreek Hill, I guess, has a no-trade clause, according to Albert Breer. How many players have no-trade clauses? I wish yeah. I knew who they all were. This yeah. would make a lot, make things a lot easier. Over the cap needs to add that. Anyway, <laughs> the Jets would have given up 35, 38, and 69 in this yeah. draft, and they would have gotten 103 back. If you look at the over-the-cap chart, that is fairly negligible value between 103 and 69. It's essentially like a seventh-round pick because you're moving just down into the third round. So you're really going to only two high-level assets, none of which are the top 10 picks that the Jets have in this draft to go get Tyreek Hill. If they had pulled that off, and oh. now you're looking at a team with Tyreek Hill, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, 
Uzama, Tyler Conklin, Fant, Becton, AVT, and Tomlinson on the offensive line and still having two top 10 picks combined with all the holes they filled on defense this year. Pretty good offseason from Joe Douglas if he makes that happen. Oh, my God. I know. Still a pretty good offseason, but yeah. That would have been the that yeah that would have been the uh, spiking the ball in the end zone kind of thing. That was I when they when they popped that up. I thought I missed a pick when it said thirty five thirty eight sixty nine. I thought it was I I I thought I read it wrong. I was like five and thirty eight and you know sixty nine. But no, it, it shocked me when I saw that as well. That would have been amazing if they could pull that off. At first, I was like, ah, just just draft a guy if you really need a receiver, just draft a guy. You got a couple nice pieces. But if that was what they were giving up, I totally make sense. And it, and we say, hey, there's no more excuses for Tua. Then it would become a whole conversation. There's no more excuses for Zach Wilson in his second year. It's given a little bit of a chance. But it had been that would have been insane. That would have been exactly that would have been a rebuild done right or a reloading done right. Is if the Jets did that the right way. I want to say this, and this is not an indictment of Tua or Zach Wilson. We said this about the Devonta Adams trade when it happened. When I was talking to Sando last week, and it's the same thing here. The trade that the Dolphins made for Tyreek Hill, in order to extract value from that trade, he has to be the best receiver in the NFL. Yes. I think there's a very good chance he will no longer be an all-pro receiver on the Dolphins in these circumstances with the quarterback that they have now. Mm -hmm. And even if they had a better quarterback, it's not good. The history of this is a minefield of receivers trading teams, and so rarely does this work out where you have a guy creeping toward 30, change teams, and especially when it's a guy like Devontae Adams or a guy like Tyreek Hill, who was used perfectly yes. in their old offense. They were allowed to be the best version of themselves for so many different reasons. The connection that Rodgers had with Adams, even if you like Derek Carr, that's never coming back. That level of rapport is going to be really, really difficult to replicate. And Tyreek Hill was in the perfect circumstances for him to become the player that he was. Even if you're bullish on the Dolphins coaching staff, even if you think they'll do some cool stuff with him, what his partnership with Patrick Mahomes looked like is not going to be replicable anywhere else. So there's a chance that Tyreek Hill gets a huge market-setting deal. Congratulations, but it never gets better than what it was over the last few years with Kansas City. I I just think that's important to remember as we talk about this. Synergy matters. It it does. It's with these guys and circumstances and everything. No, I I completely agree. That gets back to my the receiver value thing is sometimes it's situation, sometimes it's scheme, sometimes it's the quarterback you're playing with, but a lot affects that position negatively and positively. So that's that's exactly right. I agree with you. I think Tyreek Hill will still be a good player, obviously, but it's kind of yeah, neutered a little bit, nerfed a little bit. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
for their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So I want to talk about why this could potentially have been the craziest offseason that we've ever seen. Why is this happening? And one of the things that I had written down is connected to something that you just said. I think the availability of receiver talent in this draft And essentially, in every draft we're going to have for however long, because of the way the game has changed, it's impossible for that to not affect the way that some of these moves have happened. Now that the Packers have an extra first and an extra second, I guarantee you that Brian Gutkutz is sitting there saying, I could find a guy. We we could find a receiver at that stage for, again, $20 million a year less than we'd have to pay Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill. So you're looking at a first-round talent at receiver, and two pretty high-level starters for the same price as one wide receiver. It doesn't matter who that receiver is. You have to think about that. Absolutely. There's a surplus at the position. There is. Yes. One of my favorite talks that you and I ever had, where you asked, you're like, oh, is there a reason for more pass catchers? It's like, well, there's more quarterbacks throwing the ball. So seven on seven, well, we need guys to catch those balls. So that's, it was just an obvious upgrade. It became a passing league, not in the NFL, but all levels of football. I mean, like you look at Texas high school football, those guys are winging it <laughs> it's left and right. I remember talk, a couple of years ago talking to Josh Gaddis, who is, was the assistant, was the offensive quarter at Michigan last year, won the Broyles award as the top assistant in college football last season. He's now at Miami. And he, he's bounced around a decent amount. He's coached some like really high level NFL players. He was at Penn State when Chris Godwin was there, and then he was at Alabama and coached some of these receivers. And we were talking about Jerry Judy. Mm. And he was talking about how the amount of times that Jerry Judy, by the time he arrived in Tuscaloosa, had had to sort through coverage structures 
based on how many routes he it's not just catching the ball it's no. not just the mechanics of the position he's had to identify coverage in seven on seven in real-time football hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of times and understanding how to attack that and where the help is coming from all that stuff that level of knowledge has never been as deep or nuanced for young players as it is right now mm-hmm. so you have guys that walk in and not only have they run a million more routes and caught a million more balls their understanding spatially of the position has never been on this level so when you have that level of refinement from a spot that typically needed years in the NFL mm-hmm. to get there, it's just a different calculus for where you can look for some of these guys, in my opinion. It, it used to be the third-year breakout. Yes. That was always the receiver yes. thing. The third-year breakout. You got to look at for the third-year breakout for these guys. And now it's, hey, it's it's become like a plug-and-play position now for rookies. If you're drafted when those top 60 picks, yeah, you're playing. You're playing 40, 50 snaps. Think about what Jamar <laughs> like Chase you're... and Justin Jefferson have done. I mean, it's, it's once a year now it seems like there's one of these guys. I know. And it's there's a lot. Like last year, there, I, I still remember I, I went to Bleacher Report, and I was like, our first meeting, I was like, okay, I got receivers. I'm a tough grader on receivers. And I watched four, those first four guys, Rashad Bateman, Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Chase. I was like, these guys are really freaking good. <laughs> it's like these guys can like step in and play. They're like beating press. They're like working from the slot. They're running level routes at all three levels. It used to be you're in 21, 12 personnel and you're running just outside routes. And it's like the same tree that everybody ran. And you might only get the ball four times a game. It looked like Wisconsin's offense is what I'm saying. But now, now everybody is like, no, let's spread it out. Chuck it around. The warmups, Mike Leach, when he was at tech at Texas tech, they, this is more about quarterbacks, but it affects the receivers and tight ends and running backs too. He would have all five quarterbacks on the roster spread out to throw one of the routes of one of the eligibles. And I know that doesn't sound crazy or anything. At the time, it was. And yeah. really, it was building up reps, reps for the quarterbacks because it's just another rep you're getting. Another rep, another rep, another rep. Same with the ball catchers. Same with the pass catchers. Now they're getting that extra rep, extra rep, extra rep. Extra rep to work press at practice. Extra work. All those little things. They get so many more opportunities to do it that even 15, 10 years ago when I was in college, like... 12 years ago, that it was just becoming a newer thing. Now we're seeing the kind of the after effect of that happening, the the progression of this, which is really, really cool. And the spread isn't new, right? No, I mean, the no, spread no. is not new at all. But, but 10 does. years ago, you had NFL coaches that would bitch about it. Yeah. They would complain about what the spread offense was doing to the NFL. Now, those walls have fallen down. Embrace it. It, it, it. There is a total embrace. You have so many newer, younger offensive coaches coming yep. in. You have Brian Dable going from being the offensive coordinator at Alabama to being the offensive coordinator for the Bills and now the head coach of the Giants. I, I think you have so many more coaches who are looking at this and saying, well, what does he do well and how can I take advantage of that? Which is the essence of good coaching. But I think the quality of offensive coaching in the NFL has gotten to a place where now you have more young receivers who are useful players. They're guys that you can just play right away. And that means when a guy's coming in and asking for mid-level quarterback money as a receiver, it's easier as Brett Veach to sit there and say, I can't justify this. Mm -hmm. Like As I'm looking at everything else and our resources and where we have to use them, I just can't do this. And that's that the contracts are what's driving this, right? When I texted a GM today, I was like, why do you think there's been so much movement this spring compared to others? And he just said, it's money. I mean, it's yeah. guys asking for these sorts of deals, and that's how it happened with Adams and with Hill. And there are other guys that it's contract-driven as to why there's been a decent amount of movement. So I think that's part of it. 
The other thing I I really do believe that people are looking around at what the Rams did and just deciding that you don't have to wait for this shit to come to you anymore. Yeah. It's when teams are going to be this aggressive. You look at what the Broncos did to go get Russell Wilson. To me, that's an extension of the thought process that led the Rams to trade for Matthew Stafford. Like you need to go get these guys. You need to go get these players. And you don't have to be precious about your draft picks anymore. I think there's so many different factors, but I think as they all stack up, and then there are some things that are just completely unique, right? The Deshaun Watson situation, yeah, okay. that is just an entirely different thing. And then you have yeah. the ripple effects of that. Matt Ryan isn't on the Colts right now unless the Deshaun Watson trade happens. So there's it's coming from a bunch of different directions, but I do think that combined there are tangible explanations for why the last two weeks have looked how they've looked yeah i think for years and years and years and years and years as people wanted to build up the franchise build up the organization and you know the culture of all that and i think now it's this, the youth movement uh youth movement so weird to say for coaches that are in their 40s but the <laughs> these younger coaches is that and gms too it's a willingness it's self-awareness everyone's online now everyone's there's more awareness yeah. of not only what the shit you're doing but everyone else is doing now everyone, I can look up in two seconds, look up what everyone's getting on the contract. Seven years ago, probably not. I mean, it was out there, but it maybe wasn't as good. Um, you know, or 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. So I think these guys are so much more aware, not just the players, but the, uh, the personnel members. And I also think the coaches as well. And so I think it's just that aggressiveness. I think exactly what you're saying with the Rams is understanding. It's like, we love to have a five-year plan that goes exactly how we want to go. Now it's getting back to what we said, what, what the Chiefs are trying to do and have flexibility and what the Dolphins have done with their picks and their cap room is at any time you want to, now you can strike. Now it's like, oh, shit, this is a window opportunity. Go. All right, go. Plant your foot and hit the hole. And I think that's what teams are now realizing. It's it's just having that availability and understanding when to strike and, and just eating you know eating your vegetables until you hit that point. And then you can have your sugar and your cake and have that and have fun with that. Well, there are also teams that are just at different steps financially, right? So the yeah. Packers and the Chiefs, they their quarterbacks are on monster extensions. They're on $45, $50 million a year monster extensions. I know the cap hits look different than that, but that puts you in a position where you're going to have to make some tough choices. Point the Dolphins game. and the Raiders are not in that position. When you haven't gotten to that point with your quarterback, you have reason to be aggressive, to support the quarterback who maybe isn't as good as those guys, or to take advantage of this mm-hmm. limited window that you have. Like Justin Herbert is on the most valuable quarterback is on the most valuable contract in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers understand that. And they are saying, now is our time to go nuts. Now we can trade for Khalil Mack. We can go sign JC Jackson to that contract. We should push it all into the middle because this is our chance. The Dolphins and the Raiders, Derek Carr's on a veteran contract. Derek Carr is making $19 million this year. That's that it. The- 19 yeah. million. That is a low, that is a small quarterback contract. Small. So now you're in, a, you're in a position. Yes. <laughs> so you're in a position to go make some moves with that deal. The Dolphins are allocating $14 million to their quarterbacks this year with Tua and Teddy combined. You're in a position to be aggressive. If you go get a rookie in next year's draft, you set you reset your financial clock again. Even if the Raiders signed Derek Carr to an extension, his cap hit in 2023 combined with what it is this year is still going to be less than some of these other teams. So you're incentivized as one of those teams to say, we have to take advantage of this wiggle room that a team like the Packers and the Chiefs don't have. And I think if I'm making those trades, I think the Packers and the Chiefs come out ahead in both of those deals. That's how this stuff typically works. But I can understand the mindset from some of these other teams trying to take advantage of those 
franchises that just don't have the financial flexibility to keep some of these guys. The Raiders one, it, it makes sense, especially the arms race. The Dolphins one is like, I can get behind. I want to see what the fallout of it all is, as we all do. But when the, the at first when the Packers one happened with Devontae Adams, I was like, what? And then I was like, that's, you know, that's the initial reaction. And then it's like, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. And, and now you have the flexibility to do these things and picks and money. It just, it just, it gives you assets and assets are good. It's, it's harder to stomach for me though. Oh, with with the window they have with Rodgers, it's just harder to stomach. I understand in a vacuum, if you just lay it out, you yes. lay out the two scenarios. I wanting to take the second door, I can see it, but it's still just this is supposed to be it. Like that connection, yeah. what their offense was because of it, it's it's just harder. As a Packers fan, it would drive me insane, even oh, if yeah. I knew logically that it might be the better move. Yes, yes, I know. As a Chiefs it's, fan, it's, I'd be like, this is it. This is exactly what you should do Chiefs in this situation. Especially with how the quarterback is and going like, hey, every two years, it's almost a reset. Yes. It's a, re- it's a revamp of what we have. Does this working? No, it's blow it up or it's move. Let's manipulate the pieces. So I think the Chiefs of all these teams makes the most sense. Honestly, it does. It, it does. And I think it's that's what helps when you have an MVP level quarterback in his mid-20s and you have him locked down for another seven years, eight years. So. It makes a ton of sense for what they did. So it's fun. It's fun to talk about because of how all the ripple effects and just the fact that we're referencing Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals and all that is it just makes it so funny that we're we're reaching this point right now. All right. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just it's crazy. I mean, every every single day. Just it's for everyone awesome. knows, Robert called me this morning. So the so the tweet came out like, hey, Tyreek Hill might be on the block. I would say you call me what five ten minutes after that. Yeah, and you're like, "What you doing today, buddy?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm wide open. Okay, all right, let's talk. All right, we'll see." But we had a pre-planned, and then the then the news what what they went to the Dolphins and whatnot. But it was like it feels like it's a daily phone call now. That's like I hey, planned this shit weeks in advance. Yeah, like weeks in advance. It's, on my and Google it's, just, it's such a fool's errand at this point. There's just no reason to. Should wake up, wait for the news to happen, and that'll yeah. be the show. But we do have what I think is going to be a really interesting one with Shield that we're going to record for Friday if you guys want to come back and check that out. Or we'll just wait for whatever insane happening there will be tomorrow morning, and we'll talk about that. In the meantime, if you guys could rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, I would sincerely appreciate that. Please subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash football show. You can read about all of the moves that have happened. You can read our reaction to the Tyree kill trade. You can read Nate Taylor, our Chiefs writer, on the fallout. Some of our national writers, I think Lindsay, Stephen Holder, a couple other people did a roundtable. I believe Shield wrote about it as well. So no shortage of coverage on everything that is happening around the NFL. Please go check that out if you do not have a subscription. For now, we will be back on Friday with Shield. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you later. This was the Athletic Football Show.